0: Uh, I do appreciate Brother Matt Britton fine young man and uh, went away to school and came back and uh, we're just praying that the Lord will continue to bless him and um, bless his uh, work and bless him in every way but he's going to break the bread of life tonight. Brother Matt Britton, come. Let's give him a hand. It's good to have his dad and mom here. His mother's Stepping high, <laughs> and we're, right. we're glad to see her. Lord bless you, brother Matt. Praise the Lord, everyone. The Lord. It's good to be here. Um, appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, brother Shostian, for us for me to be, be able to speak. And he mentioned my mom is being able to walk, so that's a big blessing for everyone. So we're thankful for that. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people out here tonight for a Wednesday night looking around like oh, it's a good crowd. Good crowd. Um, I want to speak tonight about being a disciple. Um, we'll go through, um, start with Luke uh, 6.13. Um, and I just want to talk about... The importance of being a disciple, um, what it means to be a disciple and the twelve disciples that uh, Jesus chose. So. so we'll start with six thirteen. So and when it was day he called unto him his disciples, and one of them uh, and of them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called Zelotes and Judas, the brother of James, and Judas Iscariot, which also was the traitor. So these are the 12 disciples that Jesus called. So Jesus called disciples, um, 12 different backgrounds, personalities, occupations. He chose disciples to follow him, to learn from him, and to help him complete his purpose on earth. And I'll go through Matthew 4:18 uh, through 22. And Jesus Walking by the sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, In a ship with Zebedee their father. Mending their nets. And he called them. So right off the bat. He's calling disciples. They left their nets. They left right away to follow him. The first words that he he spoke. He said follow me. His first message. His first words that he spoke unto them. Follow me that was the first message that Jesus gave to his disciples and it's one of the most important things for us or for anyone or for a disciple is that we're called to follow him follow the Lord so we walk in his footsteps so being as a disciple we're called to follow after the way that he walks we should walk the way that Jesus speaks we should speak what Jesus talks about, thinks about the way he lives. We should walk in those footsteps. We should follow in his footsteps. So there's an importance in this command to his disciples from right away that, follow me. And we'll go to the uh, next verse on there. And after these two Things, he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, follow me. So this is also to, uh, this was to Matthew. So Jesus came and he called Matthew and he said, I want you to follow me. So there's a message that goes out, follow me. That a continuous message. I want you to follow where I go. So, the disciples gave an example of how we should respond. That when Jesus calls us to follow him, we should respond quickly, immediately. They left their boat, followed him. They gave up their job, family, to follow someone they had just met. Follow me. A disciple is a follower of Jesus, first and foremost. Where he goes, we follow in his footsteps. As long as we follow him, we won't fail. We may stumble, but he will guide, cover, and restore us to wholeness. And we'll go to Luke uh, 5.27. And after these things, okay, so we already did that one, I apologize. We'll do uh, Matthew ten twenty four through 25. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master, and the servant as his Lord, if they've called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? So what, there's a uh, direct, there's a, uh, something of authority that's being taught here about a disciple. That a disciple is under direct authority of his teacher, he's not above his teacher, nor is a servant above his master. It is sufficient that he is like his teacher. A disciple is a part of an order hierarchy, like a chain of command. The military, they talk about the importance of a chain of command. And the chain of command and an order hierarchy, and they stress the importance in the military of giving orders, receiving orders, and the importance of of an order. The chain of command when an order is a given, it's not something that's up for debates. That's not something that they that you're able to question. Well, Sergeant, I disagree with that order. Well he's he's just gonna probably get red faced and yell at you and then you'll eventually you'll do his order. And we'll go through Matthew uh, Matthew ten forty through forty two. And this is the principle of authority. because disciples operate under the principle of authority. He that receiveth you, receiveth me. And he that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. And this principle of authority is that we, re, a prophet, we receive a prophet's reward by receiving the prophet. You receive the righteous man's reward by receiving the righteous man. When others receive you, they're receiving a blessing through you. They're receiving your reward. A righteous man's reward, a prophet's reward, a disciple's reward. By being under this chain of command, authority, God is able to bless others through us. Disciples are sent. He who, he's stating, he who receives you receives him who sent me. Jesus, Jesus was sent by God. We are sent, commissioned by Jesus. As we are blessed by being a part of that hierarchy, the blessing comes from God through us into others' lives. It can be small. It can be... A cup of cold water, an act of faith, goodwill on his part, he will receive his reward. Amen? The people in our lives that we work with and that we see on a day-to-day basis, their lives are impacted by us, whether we realize it or not. They're impacted every day by, by the way we live our lives and the spirit that lives in us they're impacted by the way we ca- we show that we care for others the way that we show that we develop relationships with others and it impacts their lives the people that we talk with at work school wherever you're wherever you're at Those people, their lives are immensely influenced by your walk with God. God blesses them through your life. He blesses others through the relationship that we have with Him. And when we have a relationship with them, their lives are blessed. And we'll go through Luke 6, 40. And this is about disciples uh, are perfected. So the disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. What that's talking about is everyone that is perfected. And I looked up that word, Perfected, and what it means, or what it means, is you're perfectly trained by uh, you, if, if you're a So you're com- you're completed, you're mended, what was broken or rent. So Jesus completes us, mends us. What was broken or rent, He repairs us. He equips us. He arranges, he adjusts where needed, and he puts in order. In short, to make one what he ought to be, perfected. Disciples are perfected by their teachers. So Jesus perfects us by our relationship with him as we're discipled by him. he trains us he perfects us we'll do Luke 14:26 through 33 if any man come to me and hate not and this is the hard requirements of becoming a disciple if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother wife, children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. So that's the first requirement of being a disciple. This is a hard saying, Jesus. Why would you hate your own life? Why would you tell us to hate people that are good influences in our life but what he was stating was that he wants him to be the deciding factor when you're making a decision when you're wanting to do something he wants him to be the one that you come to say lord uh," you know not that you don't go through the correct authorities in your life but what he's stating is The deciding factor, the the end factor is, Lord, is this okay with you? Is this what you want me to do, Lord? And so he he was making a statement that he has to be number one. And we'll do um, the second requirement, the second hard requirement of being a disciple. Two, uh, 1427. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So the second requirement of being a disciple, bear your cross, come after me, means sacrifice, follow Christ to the point of the cross. These sayings are hard. A lot of what Jesus said you go and say, Lord, I don't understand it. These are tough things, but often he, he requires us to do things that are hard. Things that we are not comfortable doing, we don't want to do necessarily. But God requires those. And we'll do the, the third hard requirement of being a disciple. And that is 14, uh, 18, 28 through 33. And this is the third requirement of being a disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it, Lest haply, after he laid the foundation, it is not able to finish it. All that behold it begin to mock him, saying, "This man began to build and was not able to finish." Or what king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand? or else while the other is a great way off, he sendeth an ambassador and desires conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. So these three, this one he's saying, be willing to forsake all you have, count the cost count the cost of what a life following Jesus will require friends relationships lifestyles habits things that were enjoyable entertaining things that we that we love to do are we willing to forsake all otherwise it may be that halfway we realize that we're too weighed down by things and worldly cares. And all that remains is a half-built tower, a half-numbered army, a reminder that we were not willing to give all. Count the cost. Realize that following Christ requires that all your heart, soul, and strength. The cost is great, but the payoff is so much greater. And Lord bless you. Great job. Lord I appreciate the word and I I think What a, a message for today.